Welcome to the Expanded By Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea. I'm a business mentor, brain rewiring certified coach, and soon to be 7D, a high energy healer. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things business growth, spirituality, brain rewiring, mindset, energetics, and so much more. You can connect further with me on Instagram at Expand with Chelsea and on YouTube at Expand with Chelsea. I am so excited that you're here. I hope you leave today feeling expanded by what we talk about. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I have such a special guest for today's episode. I am so excited for you to listen to this interview with Josie McKee. She is absolutely incredible, a one-of-a-kind climber, coach, speaker, and I'm so pumped for you to listen to her expertise. She taught me a lot, actually, during this interview, really was able to break big concepts down and put it into very easy-to-digest and understandable terms, and I absolutely love listening to her. This is clearly her zone of genius, so I'm pumped for us to get into this interview soon. Let's do some updates first. So if you're listening to this episode on the day that it comes out, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you're having a fantastic day, whether you're celebrating with other people or solo. I mean, I think that we should all be celebrating solo at least a little bit, whether that's like buying yourself a fancy chocolate bar or maybe you're taking just a little bit of extra time to sit in the bath or read a book. Whatever feels luxurious to you, you don't even have to spend money on it. I'm always a big fan of that. It's all about showing yourself self-love first because that love is going to radiate out onto other people. So we got to show ourselves the love first. So happy Valentine's Day. I'm really excited to be launching my group program to really help business owners launch and execute the most perfect group program. This is something that I really feel like I specialize in. I absolutely love running group programs. It's one of my favorite things that I do inside my business. I pride myself in the communities that I build, the relationships that people find inside my groups, and the amount of information and value that people take from my group work as well. So I'm really, really excited to teach other business owners how to run very effective group programs as well. If you are interested in learning more about this program, it doesn't have a name yet. We're getting there, I promise. But if you are interested in learning more about this program, head to the link in the show notes. You can join the waitlist to be the first to know when enrollment opens. I'm still working on all the dates and everything, but this is something that I am extremely, extremely excited about. Group programs are the way to scale your business. If you've been working one-on-one with clients for a while and you find yourself repeating some of the same things, you're like, oh, okay, I really just wish I could get a group of people together to teach them about this one thing, kind of just having this like all-in-one meeting, you know it's time to run a group program. You can run group programs on any topic, any area of expertise. I've seen so many people be successful with topics that you're like, wow, I never would have thought of that. So if you run a business, you can run a group program. So really pumped about that. Again, head to the link in the show notes to learn more. Super excited for that to launch. So let's get back to today's guest, Josie. I have been, I have known Josie for a couple of years now. She actually started out in Elevate when I was doing more climbing coaching and climbing training. And I knew immediately when I talked to her that she was special, that this girl, like she pushes it, she goes big. Her (laughs) resume is absolutely incredible. 
She has done a rope solo of the nose in Yosemite Valley. She's been to Patagonia, all in the pursuit of overcoming fear in her climbing. And I'm just really excited to have her on today because she is one of the coaches out there that is really doing so much behind the scenes education work, researching things like health and wellness, neuroscience, flow. There are so many things that Josie does and really learns a lot about so that she can help her clients. I know you're absolutely going to adore her and you're going to love this interview. So let's go ahead and dive in with Josie. I'm so excited to have you here, Josie. Before we dive into anything, I want people to get a better sense of getting to know you. So go ahead and tell me a little bit of your backstory, where you're from, how long you've been climbing for, how you got into climbing in the first place, and let us get to know you a little bit better. Well, thanks, Chelsea. Yeah, um, I started climbing when I was a kid. I had some family friends introduce me to the local climbing gym um, in Santa Cruz, Pacific Edge still a near and dear place to my heart. Um, so I kind of grew up going there and met a lot of amazing mentors in that gym that started taking me outside climbing. And in California, so naturally, I was exposed to climbing in Yosemite sort of at an early age. Um, I definitely, you know, I started out as a gym climber and sport climber, but went on a trip where we just drove through Yosemite when I was 17, I think. And we were on our way to fish up and climbing out there. And I just, I remember seeing it. Was, the sun had just set. The moon was rising. We were hanging out in El Cap Meadow. And I remember seeing the headlights go on from climbers that were sleeping up on El Cap and just thinking, oh my gosh, if that's something that like, climbing can take me to do someday I'm going to be one of those headlamps up there uh so it took me a little while until I figured out the pathway to become a Yosemite climber really um but it was you know trips to Joshua Tree trips to Indian Creek just starting to learn how to track climb and starting to develop more confidence on bigger routes climbing in red rocks a little bit um, and just asking people anything that I could learn. And one of my mentors was like, well, Josie, you just got to show up in Yosemite and like, just start doing it. <laughs> like you're there, you're capable, just go there. Um, and so I did and tried to climb my first walls, bailed off of my first walls, and then finally was successful in climbing them. Um, oh my gosh, it's such a hard process. Uh, <laughs> to climb big walls, like so humiliating, uh, humbling, uh, but amazing to get to climb those walls. And then also scrambling around the high Sierra in the summer was another place that I really found what climbing was about for me. I think that real sense of playfulness and exploration. Um, and so those were, those were in my early 20s defining moments in my life in Tuolumne Meadows and Yosemite Valley climbing big stuff for the first time. Oh, I love uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like, okay, I'm going to like, this is, this is what I have to do. I'm going to keep doing this stuff. And 
just trying to figure out how to make it work and be there as much as I could. And um, eventually got a job working with Yosemite Search and Rescue so I could be and live in the valley all season and climbing bigger things, climbing harder things, and meeting more people in that community that were climbing large routes. And I was always really inspired to go to Patagonia. And one of the guys that I was on the SAR team with, um, my second season was like, yeah, let's go down there. So we went down to Patagonia. And I think also going to Patagonia was defining for me because it started opening up the idea of the possibility of climbing big routes wherever and just realizing what I was capable of. So that's like, it's still a huge passion of mine. And now I'm living in Lander, Wyoming, where there's some amazing climbing in the mountains in the summertime outside of town here. But also a big part of living here is the amount of really good sport climbing that is here year round, just outside of town and trying to focus on climbing physically harder uh, because I think that that's the next step for me is developing my capacity to send harder free climbs because I you know I was doing long routes and aid climbing and just easier long routes and now I'm just like okay I want to put it all together Um, and training year round on good rock is critical to that I think so that's where I am now. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that about your story. I love that you grew up in California and just had amazing mentors. I mean, what a fantastic way to really get you into a sport that I think for other people can be quite intimidating. So tell me a little bit more about big wall climbing. So for me, this this isn't something that I've done. I'm like, okay, it sounds interesting, but also like, yikes. So what would you, what would be kind of your first steps towards, you know, almost guiding somebody or getting them prepared? I mean, either physically or mentally to start getting into big wall. Well, it's awesome that you asked that because I've just been collaborating with a couple of other women who are trying to put together a program just to teach people how to do all of those things, putting together the technical skills, the mental skills, the physical skills. So um, this is, I had a meeting about this earlier today, so it's very (laughs) fresh in my mind. (laughs) Um, So really having a good solid foundation as a rock climber, partially just so you're comfortable in the vertical realm, Um, being able to place gear comfortably you know, I had learned to do before I started big wall climbing, but then actually learning how to aid climb became this solidifying method for trusting my trad gear because you put your weight on every single piece and you know what holds and what doesn't. They they kind of developed hand in hand, really. But yeah, it's the climbing smaller routes um, on gear and then starting to climb easier long routes. Uh, like I said, climbing in Red Rocks was a great foundation for just learning how to efficiently manage yourself on multi-pitch anchors. Um, because once you get into big walling multi-days, you're hauling gear, you have multiple ropes, and it can be a giant cluster if you don't know how to manage ropes and just aren't comfortable hanging on anchors and setting things up in a way that sets you up for success. So, I mean, clusters are going to happen regardless, but some of those little tips and tricks and just 
comfort in that realm is really essential. Um, and then I think like, like I said, some of my mentors were just like, Oh, just go show up, go do it. I don't know if I totally recommend that as a good way to learn. I mean, it can be, but it's also really intimidating. Um, and so one of the things that I've been talking about with this program, go big is the name of this program that we're going to run, um, is getting those foundational skills under your belt and having some confidence in the skills that self-rescue is another thing that I've taught a lot of courses in. Um, but so, you know, you have a plan of what you're going to do, but inevitably things go differently than expected and things go wrong and not necessarily like catastrophically wrong, but it can be really easy to have little things that can turn into a lot worse clusters if you don't know how to get out of them. So playing around with some of those self-rescue skills is a really good foundation for knowing how to deal with stuff if it goes wrong when you're out there. Um, and then also that gives you the confidence to not be stressed and afraid. You're like, okay, I know how to deal with all this, all the possibilities before I go up. And that just allows you to focus on the climbing instead of so many different variables. Right. Those like attention and energy leaks. If you're like sitting there, yeah, worried about everything that could go wrong, but just having like those foundational skills to be like, you know what, if this happens, then I'm going to do this and really just like following that set plan. So what are some of the biggest mindset issues? Because for me, I'm thinking about this and I'm like, okay, if I'm going to go do this, like I know physically I would probably be okay, but I think it's that fear aspect would come up. Maybe I'm not trusting myself or the gear or my belayer. So what are some of the biggest mindset struggles that you see people encountering when it comes to things like climbing big wall? Yeah. So I think that the, the biggest thing is, <laughs> it's funny, it's big, right? <laughs> um, it can be really easy to get overwhelmed with looking up and thinking about all the pitches that have to be climbed, all the things that you need to do to get to the top. Um, and if you're sitting there on pitch one of the nose of El Cap and you've got 28 pitches left, uh, you're going to be pretty overwhelmed if you're thinking about all of it all at once. And so some of the most important mindset things that I've developed over the years and like to give to people as tips and tricks are ways to become more present and focus on the task at hand. Um, and being really in your body is one of my favorite ways of paying attention to the present moment um, and just focusing on this move, one move at a time. Um, that's the only way you can climb a big wall. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Because, yeah, it's going to be way too intimidating to think about all of it. Like, of course, you're going to be like, yeah, I can't. I can't do that. So is that something that you've struggled with is being present and being in your body? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, as a handful of years ago, I think 2015 was probably the year that I started really realizing how important mindset work was. And that was, that coincided with me starting to do big trips to Patagonia and pushing myself with 
some big objectives in Yosemite. And it's a, it's a funny world to be in living in Yosemite where everybody is doing big, hard things all the time. And you start getting caught up in it and you're like, I got to do the next biggest, hardest thing every time I go rock climbing. And it started putting a lot of pressure on me. And, um, Basically, my motivations for climbing, I think, were in the wrong place at that point in time. And it started getting overcome by anxiety with climbing. Like, I didn't like climbing anymore and would just get really stressed out. And so that was when I first started working with a mindset coach and learned a bunch of things that I actually, like, I knew them already. Like, everything that I gained from that coaching experience was like, oh, this is really simple and obvious, but I, like, I needed a mirror to show it to me and to help me step into that. Um, I got into soloing big walls and that was one of the things that really pushed me almost over the limit in terms of like, this is too much in my brain all at once. Like I I rope soloed the nose and that that's why I brought that up as like a thing that you can't sit at the bottom of the nose and think about all the pitches that you have to do to climb it. Right. Um, ro- rope soloing it, you have to do all those pitches twice. So it's two times or it's more than two times as much work if I'm going to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I basically failed on my first attempt. I didn't totally fail, but it was a, I didn't have fun because I was overwhelmed with it the whole way I was just thinking about everything that I had to do and just had this anxiety pit in my stomach um and so I started dedicating myself to mindset work after that realizing that that was my issue like the physical capability of it was not the issue the mindset was the issue it's so big oh my god yeah I know I've well, I haven't rope soloed the nose or anything similar to that, but I, I had that same conclusion where I was like, oh, it's not, it's not physical. It's uh, it's totally mental. So would you be able to share with us one of your favorite ways to come back to the present moment? Is there something like a mantra that you use or just something to where you are, you know, that you're present in your body? You're like, okay, I've arrived. Yeah. There's a couple of things that have been really critical, helpful tips for me along the way. Um, one was like, I mentioned that kind of pit of anxiety in my stomach. It's like, it's a very real sensation that probably a lot of people have experienced. And I, I had this aha moment, um, in a course that I took last year where the instructor, it was a neuroscience course. The instructor said that emotions are just sensations in the body that we assign a meaning to. And I, with that little nugget of info, I was like, oh my gosh, I could assign a different meaning to this sensation in my body. And this tightness in my stomach, I just, I started working with that. Sometimes I could do it while I was climbing, but I think more importantly was working with that when I wasn't climbing, when I was in like a really safe environment, like sitting home on my couch um, and trying to reframe that sensation. Um, so turning dread to curiosity is the, the verbal mantra that goes along with shifting that sensation in my stomach of like, okay, there's this, there's this 
feeling this intense sensation in my stomach that like I could call it dread and it could be negative and it can hold me down. It could be this weight in my stomach or I can turn it into curiosity and excitement and let it like take the weight off and move me forward, like expanding outward as opposed to like weighing me down and holding me in place. Um, And so playing with that sensation and it's helped me a lot with being more excited about the things that can be really scary. Like the unknown with climbing, especially climbing big routes and climbing routes at your limit on sighting routes, um, any of those things, like it can be scary or it can be exciting and interesting and you can be curious about it. Um, so that's one of the things that has been game changing for me. Um, the other thing that I'll do just in the moment, um, is paying attention to the sensation of my fingers on the rock when I'm climbing. Um, and that just brings me to that, like the contact point, like you're always feeling with your fingers on the rock. Like that's something that's always there and it brings you to present and you're like, Oh, I like, I like that sensation. And it's a good tool also when you're like, Oh, that holds not as good as I wanted it to be. You're like, Oh, that's an interesting feeling. Tiny little crimp. I get to try hard. <laughs> yeah, we're just noticing. We're not judging the tiny little crimp for, for being a tiny little crimp. <laughs> I am so excited to announce one of the show's newest partnerships. This is a product or a line of products that I've been using for almost eight months now. And I am, I'm a total convert. I actually threw away all of my other skincare that I was using because this line is vastly superior. So when I first heard of Clear Stem, I was a little skeptical because, you know, it's like face products and skincare, like it's so individual, whatever works for one person typically doesn't work for another person. So I was like, "Mm, eh, I don't know. I heard about it about a year ago and it took me a little bit to actually try the products. At the time I had some skincare that I was like, well, I guess it works okay. Like it's it's not the best, but my, my skin looks all right. It looks decent. So finally taking the leap to try out Clear Stem and yeah, I used it one time and I was like, okay, this is the thing. And I wanted to make sure that I gave it a very long trial run before bringing it and starting to recommend it to other people. It's super important to me to really stay in integrity. And this is just a line of products that I truly believe in. And I am literally like bursting at the seams to tell you about this. So Clear Stem, their whole gig is anti-acne and anti-aging in one. It's really difficult to find skincare lines that actually do both. Usually they focus on either one or the other. Another big thing with ClearStem is they do not use any pore-clogging ingredients. So, most natural skincare lines use ingredients like coconut oil, they're using things like jojoba oil. You know, while those might be natural ingredients, they're actually pore-clogging and they can cause breakouts and acne. That's one of the things that I love the most about ClearStem's website is you can actually go on and they have an entire list of pore-clogging ingredients which I was like, holy shit, okay, no wonder. (laughs) I've been using like all of these things. So all of their products are clear, 
no pore clogging ingredients, and you get those anti-aging benefits as well. So I want to talk about one product specifically because I am obsessed. I've bought this product at least four times and I'm actually starting to buy it like in twos and threes when I go to buy it because I literally never want to run out. I use this twice a day. I'm I'm obsessed. It's okay. I, I can say it. I can admit I have I have an addiction to this problem. So it's their Clarity Serum. So this serum is perfect for use. You wash your face, then you apply a toner, then the serum. You want to do it in that order so that the serum actually sinks in all the way and you actually get the most use out of it. And with this serum, you can actually use it once or twice. If you're going to be using it twice, you put the first layer on, wait 10 to 15 minutes, and then put the second layer on. And the reason that I really love this product is it has turmeric, vitamin C, and mandelic acid. So what that does for you is it actually is smoothing, detoxifying, and brightening. This stuff smells so good. It smells so good. It feels so luxurious. Every time I put it on, I just close my eyes and I kind of just like sigh and sink into it. And it works so well. My skin looks absolutely amazing. I think my skin looks the best that it has in, I mean, honestly, forever. Um, I really beat my skin up a lot when I was younger. I spent way too much time in the sun, you know, trying to trying to get that tan. I was like, oh, I don't care if my skin <laughs> looks like a piece of leather when I'm older. And I was swimming twice a day most of the time, so I really feel like I'm in a good place now. Though I cannot recommend their Clarity Serum enough. ClearStem has absolutely changed the game for me. I use all of their products. I am such a huge fan of them. And if you are wanting to try out anything from them, you can get 10% off of your order using the code Chelsea at checkout. All you have to do is go to clearstemskincare.com, pick out your products. Again, my number one picket. Like if you're only going to get one thing, get the Clarity Serum. Use code Chelsea at checkout for 10% off. And you know, I, I, you can blame me if you get addicted and obsessed with it. I, I'm a great scapegoat. You can blame me if I get you hooked on this. I absolutely love this product so much and I'm so excited to be bringing ClearStem into partnership and just really being able to talk about more of their products. I absolutely love their vitamin scrub as well. So I'm just really excited about this and I use this Clarity Serum twice a day, every single day. Be sure to tag me on Instagram if you get any of the products. I would absolutely love to see what you're trying out. Be sure to tag ClearStem as well. I am so excited about this and I hope you absolutely love these products as much as I do. Oh, I love that. So those are super tangible. I think that people listening, they can take those and use those. I think where people might start to get trapped up is or tripped up is they're like, okay, I tried it and it didn't work. So let's say, for example, there's somebody that wants to try out one of these. They want to be more present. They want to start being more curious with their emotions and start turning some of this dread into curiosity, like you mentioned. How long would you expect this process to take them? Well, so this is this is interesting because I, I had an experience with this just in the last year where I was like, I got this. I'm dialed with my mindset. and then. Um, went from Lander to Yosemite the first time, like going back to climb on big routes in a while and I didn't have it. Um, and so I came back and I was like, okay, I need to work on this and train on it. And, you know, the mindset is like any muscle in your body. It takes training um, and it takes continuous training. It's not something that you can just like, you do it and you're done and you're 
perfect mindset forever. Like it takes consistent work. And I think that it's innate for humans to experience fear of heights. And when we go climbing, like we're going to deal with that, like falling in heights, which is, it's not natural for us to do it. And so consistent work with it is, so that's, that's like one answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other answer to it is, you know, consistency, just like with any other physical training as well. Um, if it's something that you're really paying attention to, you can get those shifts within a few weeks. Like you'll, you can start noticing the difference if you're doing it regularly. Um, but to really solidify it and to maintain that lasting change, I, I think it's just a lifelong process. Yeah, I mean, they call it like mindset work because it's work. Yeah. (laughs) That was something I I really leaned into. I was like, you know, because we are, we're totally looking for that thing that fixes everything. It's that magic pill. And then I'm I'm done. I'm fixed. I'm good. Right. But Mm -hmm. we don't realize is that like literally being a human, like our entire existence on this world is to get to know ourselves better. So the learning never stops. It's constantly this process of uncovering and taking a couple steps forward and then you slide back. And for you kind of realizing when you got to Yosemite and you're like, okay, it, it isn't here. What was that process like for you? Were you able to be kind of gentle with yourself and be like, all right, I know I have a focus when I get home. Or was it more of like you slipped back into maybe being hard on yourself, being, you know, maybe there was some guilt, some shame involved. What was that like for you? Well, I think you saying that it's a constant process of learning in life, I think is actually the one thing that maybe you can shift and it becomes that instead. because I, I did, I came back from Yosemite. I was like, okay, now I need to work on this and was kind of excited to work on it and to figure out what was going to be a process for me to work on my trad climbing mental game when I, when it's winter in Wyoming and I don't have any trad climbing consistently to do. Um, so it's kind of, it was exciting. Like I was curious about it. Um, and so I think that that is something that I have shifted as, as a mental habit that I've been able to reprogram. Um, and that seems to be lasting is the, the growth mindset, like, Mm -hmm. okay, this, and, and acceptance too, like, this is where I am now. And this is the work that I can do to get to where I want to be. And just being okay with that process and being excited with the process. Like it's interesting to learn about our minds. Um, one of my all time favorite books, um, man's search for meeting, um, by Victor Frankel. It's like, it's a heavy book, um, about this psychiatrist experience in in Nazi concentration camps. Um, but he attributes his survival in the concentration camps to having that psychologist mentality and being curious about his experience and other people's experience of suffering in the concentration camps. And that's kind of, I mean, that's like, like I said, it's heavy. 
a more intense thing than this rock climbing stuff that we choose to do rather than being put in a concentration camp. But um, yeah, being curious and like having that mentality of just learning and growing can get you through a lot of challenging situations in life. Even if you're in the situation that I was in where I was like, okay, this is not where I want to be. It's a bummer. Like I did this whole trip to Yosemite and I'm not performing the way I want to perform. Like, that's okay. I can learn and grow from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause nothing, nothing's fixed. We don't live in a static world. There are things that are always shifting and changing and, you know, yeah, sometimes we're in better shape and then sometimes we're, we're not at that peak performance state. So it's always just being open to, okay, what can I lean into? What can I start to work on? And what am I really starting to be inspired by? So I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with climbing. So back when you were in Yosemite and, you know, getting kind of caught up in all the, okay, I got to do this bigger, better, like large things. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with climbing. And if there was ever a period of time in your life where you were like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. um, I think I, the passion of it started getting sucked out of me Uh, and there's a couple of things that played into that, like pushing myself harder and harder to the just burnout, right? Um, was one element of it. And then being in Yosemite, involved in rescues, climber accidents, climber fatalities, and then also having a pretty severe injury to one of my climbing partners. Uh, like a a big bad accident um those were all these factors that kind of layered on within a few years um as well as some other shit sorry if I I don't know if you want me to say that on this oh yeah please do please do (laughs) um in my personal life but it, it was a few hard years and one of the things that um I'm going to go on a tangent a little bit, but like one of the mindset factors that I learned working with a mindset coach was like, oh, hey, these other things that are going on in your life, like this other trauma and stress is one of the things that makes you more anxious when you're rock climbing. Like if you're not starting from feeling safe in your body, like you're probably not going to feel very safe when you go put yourself in a dangerous situation. So I kind of learned that after the fact, but um yeah, so a lot of kind of heavy, hard stuff all within a few years. And I wasn't enjoying rock climbing anymore. Like it was pretty much, I dreaded going, like couldn't get psyched, but felt like I had to because my identity was wrapped up in it. And I basically like chosen the life path of being a rock climber and didn't know what else to do. And realizing that I was making myself miserable rock climbing I had to have that hard conversation with myself and and it wasn't just one conversation it was like a lot of reflective time that I spent with myself um trying to define what it is that I loved about rock climbing because I felt like I still loved it it was I was just in an unhealthy relationship which like that helps happens with humans too right (laughs) you love your partner and it's unhealthy relationship 
that's where climbing was. So I revisited that and what my values and what my love for climbing was and started trying to do more of the things that I loved in climbing rather than always trying to do the bigger, harder things. And been a good amount of time that in some ways I had to struggle with, you know, disappointment in my performance and not accomplishing big, hard things for a little while. But in that process, I fell back in love with rock climbing again because I was focusing on what I found valuable to me in rock climbing, which is movement, being really present in my body um, and being playful with it. And I think one of the big turning points in my life with climbing was I went out and climbed the Circle of Towers Traverse in the Wind Rivers in Wyoming um, before I moved here a few years back. But um, I just, I, it was a big, hard, scary thing for me to go do. And it was kind of the first big, hard, scary thing that I was attempting with this new relationship to climbing this. I just want to climb for the fun, the freedom of the movement, being out in a beautiful, wild place again trusting myself. So I went to go do this by myself. Um, being in that trusting state um, and just making decisions to climb if I wanted to climb or not, if I didn't want to, and taking it one move at a time, because it's, I don't remember how many peaks off the top of my head. It's like 10 or so peaks along this ridge that you do. And I went out there with a like, yeah, I'm just going to go see how it goes and, and be really present in it and had some of the most amazing moments that I've had ever in climbing. And then I had a bit where I got really scared and was able to sit down on a ledge and take in the scenery and do some breathing exercises and become present in my body again and regroup and remember why I was there and climbed almost the whole thing. I wound up not doing one little cruxy bit of it because I was like, mm, this is dangerous and I'm out here by myself and I don't need to do this part because I could die doing it. So let's go down from here. And I just felt like I was present in it and making good decisions and just enjoying, like I didn't enjoy every moment of the day, but the whole big day was like, oh, this was a success. Not because I did the thing, but because I was in the state and the mindset that I wanted to be in. And I loved the process of it. That's such a beautiful story. I mean, you you literally like learned how to retrust yourself again. And I think sometimes when we get to that burnout stage, it's because we get wrapped up in pushing it and maybe, you know, not in everybody's case, but sometimes we're doing it for our partners or for other people and totally losing why we started doing it in the first place. So for you to come back to this place of, you know what, I trust myself enough to go for it when I want to and to, to call it quits when I don't want to anymore. I think that's really going to be empowering to a lot of people. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend that people go do things by themselves, but that's one of the benefits that I've found in going climbing by myself or even just like hiking or traveling internationally by myself. Like any of the things that I've done alone have been really 
helpful in solidifying that trust in myself and knowing myself and making decisions the way that I need to for me um, has been really formative for me Mm -hmm. and important to continue to do. (laughs) Yes. So I just got back from a trip to California and I was absolutely loving all of the easy access to things like juices and fresh smoothies. And I absolutely love green juice, one of my favorite things, but there is no way you're going to catch me at home juicing things. It's just not going to happen. It's messy. It's time consuming. So I would much rather take an easy shortcut. And my favorite way to take this shortcut is Organifi green juice. I freaking love this stuff. So this is a powder that you literally, you just scoop it, put it into cold water, stir it up. You are good to go. You're getting 12 different superfoods, 10 different adaptogens to help support you throughout the day. No mess, no time consuming (laughs) juicing required. So this greens powder, it has different ingredients like moringa, it has spirulina, chlorella, matcha green leaf tea powder, it has coconut water powder, turmeric, all the good stuff in there. So you don't need to be mixing like 17 different (laughs) ingredients from your pantry cupboard and also trying to like get your vegetables in there at the same time. I absolutely love taking this mid-morning. So after breakfast, before lunch, giving me that little boost of energy and also helping to keep my detoxification pathways open. Our bodies do need to be continually detoxing, not in the way that you're thinking like, you don't need to go on a juice cleanse, please don't do that, that's not a great idea. But our bodies sometimes need a little bit of help detoxing from the environmental stressors, some of the things in our food. So this just gives our body a little bit of extra love and it makes it so easy. I absolutely love that this greens powder has ashwagandha, which can actually help a lot with regulating your cortisol. That is your main stress hormone. So ashwagandha is great for helping to create more calm. I mean, who doesn't need that? So if you're curious and want to try out this green juice from Organifi, you can use code EXPAND for 15% off your order. All you have to do is go to Organifi.com, add it to your cart, use the code EXPAND, and you'll save 15%. I promise you, you are going to love this stuff. This is just one of my favorite products of theirs. I also absolutely adore their red juice. I love, 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 am obsessed with their gold hot chocolate, which really just tastes like hot chocolate, but only has one gram of sugar. And I also really, really love their Pure, which is great for a midday brain boost full of functional mushrooms and tastes like lemonade. Be sure to tag me on social media. I'm at Expand with Chelsea. If you get anything to try, I would absolutely love to see what you're trying out, what you think of the products, and I think you're probably going to love them just as much as I do. And it is so easy. Just put the green juice, put the powder in your water, shake it up, good to go. I actually like to put mine in the refrigerator for a couple of hours. Oftentimes I'll make this at night, put it in the refrigerator. I have this cute little glass water bottle that I use and then it is extra icy cold for me in the morning. Talking about this has actually made me want to go make a green juice. So I'm gonna go do that right now and we will hop back into this podcast episode. Okay, so tell me more about your, I'm so excited for this. This is seriously, I've been I've been waiting for this because I think that combining mindset with 
training, like, yep, that's, that's good. We need to train, you know, to get stronger. But I think people totally, you know, they put mindset on this back burner. They're like, eh, you know, once I get to this level or this level, you know, the, the mindset stuff will just come. I'm just going to somehow get over the fear of falling. Like it'll just happen. So I'm really excited for your upcoming program, Powered to Play. Tell me more about this. Yeah. So I'm excited about it too. Like I said earlier on, this is like, it's all part of my path in climbing is to work on this mindset stuff. And I feel like I've really unlocked some things recently with it and, and how to do it. Um, and that's where I'm like, okay, I'm at the point that I'm really ready to share this with everyone. Like everyone that rock climbs should know this stuff. And even people that don't rock climb, like it, it works for anybody. Um, so launching this program to help climbers really develop and solidify mindset skills. And um, through that perspective of a mindset training plan, just like you would with a physical training plan, having really specific, tangible things to, to do, um, because it takes that repetition, that changing of habits um, and, you know, flexing, working out that mindset muscle. Um, so that's the, the program is working on that. Um, ha- everyone in the program will have their individual mindset training plans. And then we will be doing group calls so that we can have a community that's all working on this stuff together um, with some fun activities, discussions, questions, answers, during those sessions um, and hopefully getting people to a point that their relationship with climbing is a healthy relationship because I think there's so many different, like I experienced an unhealthy relationship with climbing because I put too much pressure on myself. I think a lot of people that, you know, get in and out of shape, come back from an injury, or they just like think they should be performing at a certain level um, they don't like falling or they don't like climbing certain types of rock and developing that sense of dread or just like feeling like it's a chore to go rock climbing. Like I want to shift that for people and help their relationship with climbing to be fun, playful and rewarding. And people, and a big part of that is for people to find their sense of joy in climbing and feeling powerful and trusting in themselves to climb the things that they want to climb. Because mm-hmm. I mean, we started, most everybody starts because it's fun. And then, yeah, sometimes we totally lose that along the way. But I want to hear more about the the individual mindset training plan. I think uh, this is something that I haven't heard of yet in the coaching industry. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's, I, I haven't seen it anywhere either. I've always just kind of like, for me, this is what I wish I had because it's been this up and down bumpy road process of like gaining insights and applying them and it's good. And then I lose it and forget. Um, and so this combines things that you're doing, you know, either at home, um, as visualization exercises, um, with, things that you're doing while climbing and even while physically training um, tools to use to get into your body, 
um, to start developing that sense of trust in your movement and feeling motivated to go to like try new things. It, like, it's the shifting to that growth mindset, right? Um, so a big, a big portion of some of the learning that I've done has been, um, with the science around flow. Um, so I took a flow diploma course last year. I've been reading and gathering all the information that you can on flow. And so there's certain building blocks, foundations to help people get into flow, which is like the optimal state of being, being present at the time where our in climbing, like our movement merges with our awareness of the movement. And we feel like this loss of our sense of ourself. Like we're, we're not overthinking things anymore. And maybe we're challenged to a point where it's like, it's risky. It's at our limit, but we feel in control or we feel we're like, we're not worried about being in control of our movement because we're just trusting in our movement. Um, and so some of the, the building blocks toward getting into that state are tapping into intrinsic motivation, um, which is, you know, I talked about that of like finding what we value in rock climbing and um, relearning what that is for each person individually. Um, and doing things that tap into that intrinsic motivation. Um, and then creating goals within climbing that optimize our challenge level, because getting into flow comes with um, being at this, this sweet spot in balancing challenges and with our skill set. So we're not over pushing ourselves to this point of stress and fear. Um, but we're not doing things that are too comfortable for us. Um, because if you're too comfortable, it's too easy. You don't, it doesn't require your focus. So you don't get as engaged with the process. Um, developing a sense of resilience. So this, there's like a couple of little journal exercises that I like to walk people through to, help them develop ways to manage when things don't go well. And if you can manage things when they don't go well, like managing your stress level or, or coming back from it, um, being gentle on yourself when, when you don't perform the way that you want to perform, when you don't send your project, um, having specific tools and having this foundation of resilience both allows you to push yourself to that point where like you can quote unquote fail um, because you know that you have the resilience to do it. Um, so it's, it's okay to step into that risky space. Um, and then it's also a way that you, you do bounce back. <laughs> so like once you, once you do wind up in this failure situation, you're like, okay, I, you know, I, I'm good. I have something to deal with that. Like I have these tools already. I have this foundation of resilience for myself. Um, and then developing focus is the other thing that is 
needs a lot of work. <laughs> and like I mentioned, um, this is something that you do at home, like visualization exercises also at the crab or while you're training, um, having key things that you're paying attention to. And a simple step of that is what I mentioned with paying attention to your fingers on the rock. Like that's one of the tools of helping to develop focus. Um, and then that sense of self-trust in mastery of rock climbing movement, mastery of the things that you're trying to do um, and solidifying what that feels like. Um, so that's a big portion of the program is helping people develop this understanding of what it feels like to be in their power. Um, and it's a, you know, it, I talked about that embodied sensation of, you know, changing dread to curiosity, but it's, it's working on developing that awareness um, of your body because everybody has their different ways of experiencing those sensations. But, you know, for me, what it was is feeling this, this different sensation in my core where I'm like, I'm excited. I am powerful. I am strong. Like I trust myself and I feel that in my body. Um, so training those feelings and it's called power by play because central to all of this is approaching climbing with a sense of playfulness, um, because it is supposed to be fun. Um, and that's, you know, play is, it feels good, right? Like, I don't, I don't think I need to convince anyone that like play is a good thing and feels great, but play is also central to the learning process. And humans are one of the most neotenous. This is, this is a word that I learned that I think is amazing. It's the ability to play throughout your lifetime. So humans have the most neoteny of any creature on the planet, ability to play throughout our lifetime. And there's a lot of research showing that this is why we have as large a brain as we do, or it goes hand in hand with us having as large a brain as we do. Um, because we play, we learn, and playing is a way for us to be experimental with new things, take risks um, in an environment that's maybe somewhat controlled and not like actually going to kill us. So like, if, if you think about like baby lions play with each other, like they play fight, right? Um, that's kind of the idea of it. They're experimenting a little bit with what fighting would be like, but not in a life-threatening situation. And so humans do all kinds of different things to play. If we approach climbing with a playful mentality, it's a, it's a mindset to learn things and experiment with things in a way that we're, we're going to develop and grow. And so that's central to that growth mindset piece. I love that lion analogy. That's so good. Like it, <laughs> it makes so much sense when you explain it that way. And I totally think that, I mean, myself included in the last couple of years, I've recently been able to really do a lot of work on my relationship with climbing, but I was like, it honestly felt like a chore. I was like, I don't really want to do this, but like, I guess it's this thing that I've done for a while. And like, I mean, I kind of like it, but like really it just feels bad. So really coming back to that concept of 
nope, this is play. How can we learn to fall in love with this again? I think what you just said is so actionable. I think that'll be really helpful for everyone listening. So before we log off, I want to hear what is something that you're really into right now? And then, of course, we'll we'll dive into where people can learn more from you. So what's something that you're into right now? This can be like a book. It can be a certain topic. Um, it can be physical, non-physical. Go for it. <laughs> I, when you said book, it I just started re read it. Well, we're listening to the audio, the Harry Potter audio book. Yes, uh, the <laughs> yeah. other day <laughs> we did a long drive on a road trip down to Arizona, and um, <laughs> it's just it's funny because it's like it's kind of playful. But I was thinking about this connection between the patroness that Harry Potter creates to block the Dementors. Mm-hmm. It's like this based on good feelings thing. Um, and it's like, that's what we're doing with mindset work. You're like creating this block to the dementors of dread. Oh my <laughs> God, it's like resilience. into our good sensation. <laughs> exactly. It's so good. <laughs> um. So that's my one little nerd out thing when you mentioned the book with <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. I mean, you can tell a good coach because they can literally draw inspiration from anywhere and just connect it to what they're doing. Like, I love that you thought of it on that level. So where can people go if they want to learn more about Powered to Play? Where can they learn more about you? Tell me everything. Um, So you can go to my website, josiemckee.com. Instagram is a super easy way to find me and direct message me. Um, And that's at Josie underscore McKee underscore my email address, Josie McKee at gmail.com. All super easy. <laughs> I'm an easy one to hunt down. Yeah, um, you are. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I'll put everything in the show notes. So it'll be really easy for everyone as well. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited for this program. I think that this has truly been missing this level of information and really being able to help people heal or I mean, even rediscover a relationship with climbing that feels authentic and it feels good in their bodies. I'm so excited for this. Thanks, Chelsea. It was really fun chatting with you. A huge thank you to Josie for coming on the show. I hope you loved that conversation with her as much as I did. I know that I sure learned a ton from that. And if you're loving this conversation, be sure to tag both of us on Instagram. I'm at expandwithchelsea. Josie is at Josie underscore McKee underscore. We'd love to hear your biggest takeaways from this conversation, what you're resonating with. Tell us everything. And if you haven't yet left a rating and review of the show, you can head over to iTunes. It just takes a couple of minutes and it means the world to me. Just like any other platform, iTunes has an algorithm. So the more ratings and reviews that I have, the more people will be able to find the show. And if you really resonated with this episode and want to send it to a friend or loved one, just be sure to copy that link, send it over to them, let them know what you loved about the episode. I find that that always helps people dig in and want to listen just a little bit more. Huge thank you to Josie again for coming on the show, and I hope that you loved this as much as I did. I will talk to you next episode.